In today's episode, we're talking about how you can feel far more confident going into a discovery call. This is the JFDI podcast with the two Lauras. Laura Moore and Laura Davis help ambitious social media professionals like you build a successful business. Between them, they've got more than 30 years of marketing experience. Most importantly, they know how it feels to do what you do because, unlike other experts, they have real-world experience in the industry. This episode is sponsored by our friends at Agora Pulse. We've been helping freelance social media managers to make more money since 2019. And in this episode, we're talking all about discovery calls. Whether you love them, unlikely, or hate them, probably, by the end of this episode, you will feel far more confident going into your discovery calls. And when you ooze confidence, guess what? You're far more likely to win the client and get paid more money. So let's just dive straight in and start with why people usually dread discovery calls. And I used to be one of those people when I very first started my first business. I hated these calls with clients, which isn't great because obviously I'd worked in sales for a long time. <laughs> so I should have been used to being on the phone. Um, but I, I hated them because I had the wrong mindset about them. And I think probably a lot of people kind of do that as well. I think the biggest issue with discovery calls are people think they're an interview. Yeah, that's exactly what I felt. Yeah, and when someone says to you, you've got an interview, you like lose your shit, don't you? You crack basically. your pants, yeah. 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 You, You're like, oh, what am I going to wear? What am I going to say? What questions are they going to ask me? Yeah. Oh, it's really scary. And I don't think I've ever worried about discovery call because if I'm honest, I probably just didn't give it enough thought. And if I had thought about them, I probably would have I shit I totally myself. thought you were going to say didn't give enough of a shit, <laughs> but you know. I always saw discovery calls. Probably I was probably the other extreme in mm. that I just thought it was a bit of a chat. <laughs> <laughs> like I didn't, which is probably the way to see it in a little in a bit. Well, that know. certainly meant, meant that I wasn't nervous about them, so I suppose mm. I went into them in a fairly confident way, and I would happily mm. just chat to people. But yeah, if if someone had said to me, "You've got an interview," then I'd have gone, "Oh, oh, okay, yeah." Because you automatically, when it's an interview, you feel like you're being judged against whoever was doing the job before and whoever else they're looking at, any other candidates for that job. So it makes it really pressured and you, you're it's like a competition, isn't it? Yeah. This is about you deciding if you want to work with them. It's like you need yeah. to flip this. Mm. And obviously, yes, they'll be making an assessment as to whether you're the right person for them. That's I think that goes without saying. But this is not an interview. Freelancers don't get interviewed. If you if you want to be interviewed, you're going for an employed role. If you're yeah. someone says I need to interview you for a freelance role, you'll I'd walk away quite frankly because mm. they don't understand a freelancer. They're thinking they're getting an employee. Yeah, and I think the biggest difference is because when you are hiring for a permanent employee, you don't know who you want to hire yet. When you're hiring a freelancer, you've gone to them because you want to hire that person. Mm. So they're coming to you because they want to hire you. They want to work with you or they would not have wasted their time filling in your pre-qualifying form, blocking out time in their diary to talk to you, going looking on your website, doing all that research. They would not have bothered. And I think when you realise that actually, okay, they're coming to me because they really want to hire me, it makes the whole thing far less stressful. Well, it takes the pressure And it off. makes you start to enjoy, yeah, it makes you start to enjoy those calls. Yeah. For sure. Okay, so someone books in, you book someone in for a discovery call or like how do, how do we get ourselves in the right frame of mind? How do we prepare ourselves for that? Well, first of all, no one can book in with, for a discovery call with me 
um, and they shouldn't be able to with anybody listening either, they should first of all be going through some sort of filter. We call it a freelance filter whereby they are being pre-qualified so that you know automatically that that person is either perfect for you to invite onto a discovery call so you can have a chat with them because they've got the right assets, they've got the right type of business, they've got the right business mindset, they've got the right budget, or they're not. And if they're not, you either don't invite them on or you offer them something else. So no one can uh, can come onto my website and book a discovery call. They can come onto my website and they can come get in touch with me. And that's what they should be able to do with you. And ideally via a form, but they cannot then automatically put themselves onto a discovery call. Mm. If they do that, you end up on discovery call after discovery call after discovery call and you're wasting your time. So, but then we look back at the, the last month and we realise we've done 20 discovery calls and actually only two of them were of any decent kind of quality or of interest to you or within your niche or whatever your kind of filters are. You realise how much time you've wasted on people who aren't right for you. They're either, you know, they don't mm. have the budget or they don't have the, you're not interested in the product or you just don't feel like you align as two business people, whatever you're, whatever they may be. So it's really important to filter out the people that aren't right for you. Yeah. Cause you don't also, you don't want to be going into these discovery calls kind of blind without any information, having to get all of the basic information at the beginning of the call. Cause then you're left with no time to get the information you actually do need. Yeah. So definitely do that. And then before you go on the call, so you'll already know that they're potentially a good client. They've, you know, got a good business. They're selling the right sort of stuff. Before you go on that call, you also want to think about having a really brief look at their socials. Don't go in debt. Don't go and spend loads of time. Don't go and look at what their competitors are doing, all of that stuff. You do not need to do that yet. Do that once you've got the client. But you just want to look, have they posted recently? Is their content working? You know, is this a client that I think I could dive in and, and help? This is not going to be a strategy call. They're not going to, well, they may come on and ask questions. You're not going to give them the answers. Um, so you don't need to be fully prepared with all of that. Oh, well, I would do this and I would do this. And, you know, your competitors are doing this, that and the other. And these are the influencers you should work with. Because you're not at that point yet. No, you just... So you just need to have that basic knowledge. Yeah, you need to have enough knowledge that you're able to hold a conversation mm. and to, you know, not make a tit of yourself, you know, when you suddenly start talking about how you're really good at lead generation and you're talking to an e-commerce brand type of thing, you mm. know, but these are mm. obvious things, you know, but you can figure that out by quickly glancing at their social media, quickly maybe jumping on their website. And there may be a few things that you want to assess as to whether you think they are good, i.e. do they have a good website? If they don't have a good website, then you can be the best social media manager, but they are not going to get conversions or get people on that site and stick around. So, you know, there may be some red flags that for you to do that kind of due diligence, I guess, to check things out. But you're, yeah, you're not doing massive loads of research. You're not going to be doing your competitor research, all of these things come later once they've signed on the dotted line and yeah. put money in your bank. Yeah. What you do need to do though beforehand is go in with a list of questions so that you can get the information you want. So you need to know what questions you need to ask in order to make sure that they are going to be a good fit for you, in order to make sure that you understand what it is that they want from their socials. Like what are their objectives? And you want to really kind of deep dive on those so you can really understand what it is that they want from you and you need to ask as many questions as you possibly can during this call so that when you get off the call you can put together a really solid proposal and price so that they can 
obviously take the next steps. So you should be doing mostly listening on these calls, not talking. So if Mm. you're worried about what you're going to say, you've got a list of questions. You don't need to worry about what you're going to say because you're going to be the person asking the question. Remember that they've come to you because they want to hire you. So therefore you need to assess whether they're allowed to hire you. Like have they passed that application process in order to be able to hire you? So you need to ask them as many questions as you you can within that time and listen far more than you speak. Yeah. And make notes whilst you're going as well, because Mm. there may be things that you are red flags Mm. that you're concerned about, things that they say, or maybe their expectations are like way out. And either you can try and address that on that discovery call, or you can just go, you know what, this person's going to be an absolute pain in the ass. I'm not going to take this any further. But like write Mm. your kind of thoughts, even if it's just one word, you just scribble down to remind yourself. Because I think sometimes you can get off the discovery call, especially if they're quite keen, and you can kind of get kind of carried away oh this is a new client I'm gonna get a new client Mm. and you become a bit blinkered and you ignore those red flags so if you can try to make note of the negatives and the positives from that call it will help you to make that assessment afterwards and kind of remind yourself oh you know what yes it probably would I do need a new client but you know what they sounded like a complete jerk or they their expectations were wild or their you know, their business is not ready to hire a social media manager or ads manager or whatever it may be. And you just need to have that those prompts to remind yourself afterwards so you can take a good solid look at, at that without getting, run, you know, running away with the idea of winning a client. Yeah, I think a good tip for that as well is to record the calls if you can, because if they don't have the red flags and they are a, potentially a really good client, if you can go back through that recording and pick out the exact words that they've used and put those in your proposal. So you're basically repeating back what they've said to you. That is going to make them, A, realise that you know what you're talking about. You've understood exactly what they want. But it's also going to make them feel a bit like, oh, she's in my mind. Like, Mm. this is exactly what I want. Because they won't remember the exact words they've said to you. And that can be a really good way of kind of taking that proposal a bit further and making it really stand out from all of the others that they're they're potentially getting. Nice. Especially when they're like describing their business. If you can describe... Mm their business back to them in their words and it shows that you've yeah, listened. and their objectives as well. Yeah. Mm. Nice. I like that Definitely. one. Definitely. Get recording those Zoom calls. <laughs> yeah. If you're looking for a way to stay organised, save time and easily manage your social media, you should check out Agora Pulse. Their scheduling tool, inbox and monitoring system means you get more done in less time without the distractions of the social media news feeds. We are big fans of Agora Pulse and have used it for years for our own businesses and our clients. If you want to try it for free for two months, just go to thetwolauras.com forward slash Agora Pulse. So the next tip is something that I think a lot of people forget, don't they? But it's really, really, really important. And if you're someone who has struggled with being ghosted in the past or having to kind of chase people after a discovery or after you've um, submitted a proposal, this is a brilliant nugget. Yeah, so no matter who you're on a discovery call with, no matter how long that discovery call lasts, you should never get off of that discovery call without booking a follow-up call. Let's just let that sink in a bit. You need to actually book a follow-up call in your diary and in their diary before you say, 
goodbye, see you later, I'm going to send you a proposal. Because otherwise, what will happen is that you'll get off the call. You might say, I'm going to send you a proposal. It'll be with you by Friday. On Friday, you send the proposal. Monday comes around. You're like, oh, I wonder if they've read it. I wonder what they thought. Tuesday, still haven't had a reply. Oh, maybe they didn't like it. Maybe I'm too expensive. Wednesday comes through. I'm definitely too expensive. They've obviously gone with someone else. And you start second guessing Mm. yourself because you haven't heard from them yet. When in reality, what's probably happened is that they took Friday off. Monday, they came in. Their inbox was absolutely full of loads of emails they had to deal with. Tuesday, something went wrong in the office. They had to deal with that. They've seen your email, but they just haven't got around to replying yet. Wednesday, something else happens. Maybe they've got meetings back to back, so they still haven't replied. By this time, you've checked out because you think that they've forgotten about you. Thursday comes round. They might think, oh, actually, you know, I'm going to get in touch with these people, but I'm still busy. Or what actually happens is on the Friday, your email never makes it to them because it lands in their spam folder. Or the person who checks their emails labels it incorrectly and they never see it. If you haven't got that follow-up call booked up, you start getting in your head, you start thinking, well, they've obviously gone with somebody else. I was too expensive. You then what, you know, think that you haven't won that client. You probably also think, maybe I should put my rates down for the next one. And this whole spiral starts mm-hmm. to happen. Whereas if you've got that follow-up call booked for the following Thursday, you get on the call. What did you think about the proposal? You don't have to worry about what they think during that time because you get on the call and they're going to tell you. And if you position it as what's going to happen next, these are the next steps, I'm going to send you a proposal. What we'll do is we'll get on a call on Thursday, we'll go through the proposal, I'll talk to you about the next steps and we can get the ball rolling. They're like, brilliant, this sounds great. And immediately they want to then book that call. You're not asking them if they want to book a call, you're telling them this is what happens. Thursday at two o'clock, I'm free. Are you free then as well? Yeah. And they either say, yes, they are, or no, but I can do Friday. I think that point of kind of telling them, like, I think we as freelancers are like, oh, I can't tell them what to do. But actually, a lot of the and time... And also as British freelancers, let's well, face yes. it. <laughs> but also, I think a lot of businesses are owners who are busy, they've got a lot, they're juggling a lot of balls. They like actually to be told what to do. Mm. They don't want to have to think. So, like I know I would, like when we've hired freelancers recently, I've loved it when they've said, right, we're doing this then and then we'll be doing this then and then I will do this and then you will need to do this and I'm like right okay Mm. fine I get it all in the diary and I love that because I need to know what's happening I need to be told because if I have to think about it if I have to go oh let me find a time in my diary oh actually yeah you know let's just put it off I'll do it in a couple of weeks I can't be bothered now I've got too much on and before you know it, that never gets in the diary because something distracted you. So actually, if you can tell somebody what to do, nine times out of 10, I actually think people really appreciate it. And yeah. they like that you're taking control of this because that's what they're looking for. They're looking for someone to take control of their social media, not kind of And this goes around. back to the very first point we made. They've come to you because they want to hire you. Mm. So they want you to take control of their socials. They want you to take control of this whole process you know, hiring a freelancer from experience is a ball ache. It's really hard, isn't it? You have yeah. to go out and find the right person. You have to go and look at them. Then you have to get in touch with them. Then you have to wait for them to come back to you. And it's just, it's such a long, drawn out, annoying process. If you can make it easy by telling them, this is what's going to happen. I'm going to do this. Then I'm going to do this. Then we're going to do this on this call. And this is how it works. Amazing. That's what yeah. we want. Yeah. And it, it, you might feel like a bit apologetic almost, like, oh, I'm really sorry, but we need to have this follow-up call. That's not the way it is. This is the process that you're working through and it's a benefit to them yeah. to do that. We need to be assertive. I feel like we just had a right old rant then. 
<laughs> but I think it's, it's it's a rant from love because this is what we see all the time. Mm. Bearing in mind we've got thousands and thousands and thousands of freelance social media managers in our world. And so we see it all the time. We see it in our DMs. We see it in our inbox. We see it in our free Facebook group. We see it in our membership. We see it on social media. We see it everywhere. And we can see that people are fearing the discovery call and it's just not needed. Like you guys are great at what you do. You need to just be assertive, be confident. And remember, as Laura says, remember that they chose you. That puts you ahead of everybody out. That should give you the Mm. confidence to say, you know what, they chose me and I'm going to absolutely smash this discovery call. And, you know, we're not asking you to jump through hoops here. These are just really simple things. It's just that mindset flip, isn't it? That's the biggest thing and often the hardest thing. But when you remember that they chose you and they want to hire you, it's like, well, it's a no brainer. Why wouldn't I do this call? Mm. They want to hire me. Why wouldn't I ask all these questions so that they can? You know, so just try and flip that. And, you know, you feel a little bit special when you think that somebody wants to hire you. Yeah. The chosen one. (laughs) The chosen one, definitely. So, yeah, we hope that you will be able to go into your discovery calls feeling far more confident and ready to win the client now. Um, If you, by the way, are not sure on this whole process of what happens from that lead coming to you and pre-qualifying them and then going through the discovery call and then sending a proposal and all of that stuff, make sure you go and check out the Social Media Managers Toolkit. The link will be in the show notes, but also if you go to thetwolaurascom forward slash toolkit, that gives you absolutely everything that you need in order to be able to take somebody from being a lead to being a paying client. Once you've got that, maybe you might even start to enjoy discovery calls and the whole process of winning a client. Let us know. Maybe. (laughs) So we're back, same time, same place next week. So make sure you hit the follow or subscribe button wherever you're listening so you don't miss us. Au revoir. I'd be the same. Is that that German? (laughs) Almost. I'll be the same. I'd be the same. (laughs) Bye. (laughs) 